The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you for joining us on Winning Ponies. I think we're going to have a dynamite show tonight because it is Christmas in July. That's right. Tomorrow, opening day at the spa under the ancient elms at Saratoga. The horses will be racing. And who better to have than the award-winning writer Tom Law, who publishes the Saratoga Special with Joe and Sean Clancy. Uh, Tom, as you know, is an award-winning writer many, many times over, but he's actually a native of Saratoga Springs, so he certainly knows the lay of the land, and he's going to give us the inside scoop of what's going on up there. He brought on some extra writers this year. It'll be interesting to find out about that. So they're going to have you covered from top to bottom uh, with the Saratoga special. Our first guest is none other than Laser Man. No, he's not a new superhero. His name is Steve Burmis, and his nickname is Laser Man. And he operates uh, with the top echelon of horses in the country concerning equine muscle maintenance. Uh, he's what's known as one of the leading experts on equine photobiostimulation sports therapy. Say that five times real quick. Uh, he has handled uh, American thoroughbreds, standard breads, NFL players, hockey players. It's unbelievable, his list of clients. So uh, Steve Burmis will be our first guest on the show. Meanwhile, I hope when you're going to winningponies.com, you're pulling down those easy win forms. We had a slew of outstanding payoffs this week, and I expect uh, now that the Saratoga meet and Delmar meet are underway, uh, we're going to be knocking a few more out of the park, so get your easy win forms at winningponies.com. Well, here is some great news. California Chrome will race at the age of five. I know it's been a roller coaster ride since his trip to Dubai uh, and then over to England where he... uh, did not make it to the Prince of Wales stakes. Uh, he did get a foot injury, but like Art uh, Sherman said, is boy, this really picked my head up. We announced last week that Taylor Made Farm in Kentucky uh, bought a portion of California Chrome, and they're the ones that called uh, Sherman. Now he right now is at Taylor Made Farm, uh, and with the uh, diagnosis of bone bruising. He'll just be uh, given some month. He won't be running in the Arlington Million. And uh, basically, according to Sherman, Taylor Maid said they want to have another big year before going to stud. Now, plans are that he's going to come back to Sherman after about 85 days or so. And uh, Duncan Taylor 
is now managing the horse from TaylorMade. Uh, we need to get him on the show. Uh, we did have Tom Ham, one of his top assistants, on last year about this time. So we'll see if we can't get Duncan Taylor on, see what the plans are. Uh, but uh, if you think about it, California Chrome never really had a break, so he's going to get a little break. Uh, they say that he's lost about 100 to 160 pounds during this uh, trip from Dubai to England before he came back. And according to Art Sherman, he was real underweight with all that traveling to different places, and he needed to be home. He's going to make a nice handicap horse, I'm sure of it. So uh, the Derby and Preakness uh, winner will be running again in 2015. I'm really uh, happy about that. And, and just to verify it, uh, you know, Dr. Larry Bromledge, who's uh, one of the most respected veterinarians in the world, uh, said that California Chrome's x-rays showed all of his joints to be remarkably clean, just has some early signs of bruising to the bottom of the can bones. And according to his estimation, uh, with a setback like this, 95% of the horses come back. So just giving them time to heal is what it's all about. Well, some late-breaking news. It's going to give us probably a black eye for a while. Three Louisiana jockeys were arrested for race-fixing. Joe Patan Jr., his brother Billy Patan, and LaShawn Conyers were all charged with willful pulling of the reins and cheating and swindling, according to the police. Uh, they did extensive interviews, uh, and the uh, uh, police say that they feel like they've got a, a solid case. Uh, of course, uh, both Patans were also charged with unusual stimulation of horses or the possession of electronic shocking devices. Uh, they were ordered off their, their mounts about two weeks ago, and uh, they say that they used the devices in separate races on the 4th of July at Evangeline Downs. So uh, not, not a good thing for racing. Of course, uh, the Patans, uh, not their first time in trouble either. Uh, Billy was suspended for five years by Louisiana Racing Commission in 1999 when he used an electrical device in the Arkansas Derby. And Joe Patan has fought substance abuse for nearly his entire career and had a lengthy suspension for his problems and uh, also arrested in 2013. So not a good road for those guys. Here's some good news. Lady Eli is making progress. We announced last week uh, that the undefeated grade one winning three-year-old filly uh, did have laminitis stepping on a nail after her win at Belmont. And uh, Chad Brown says she continues to do well. Now, he did not bring her up to Saratoga. Uh, she's more comfortable at Belmont Park, he said. So uh, she gets 24-hour care by his staff and weekly visits from uh, a top-notch veterinarian team. And uh, Brown says he's pleased at how she's moving and her overall condition and attitude. I really hope that she's able to uh, make it back. Well, American Pharaoh, of course, he put on one heck of a show uh, when he was in Kentucky and New York. You guys in New Jersey are going to get a chance to uh, see him up close and in person. Uh, it looks like he's going to arrive in New Jersey on uh, Wednesday, July 29th, uh, at Atlantic City International Airport. He's going to have a police escort to Monmouth Park where he'll be bedded down at Kelly Breen's barn. Then he's going to gallop over the track Thursday, Friday, and Saturday between 7.30 and 7.50, and you are welcome to visit. The clubhouse will be open to the public on Friday and Saturday from 7 to 8 to watch American Pharaoh gallop. And uh, that period of time from 7.30 to 7.50 will be restricted to Haskell participants only. Uh, there will be a press conference and post position that Thursday. 
and then uh, Farrell's going to school in the paddock on Friday if you want to go there for some photo ops. Uh, of course, Haskell Day is Sunday, August 2nd. Post time for the main event, 5.52. Well, here's some more good news. Uh, dual Classic winner War Emblem is going to be down at our friend Michael Blowen's old friends in Georgetown, Kentucky. Uh, War Emblem uh, proved his medal as a three-year-old when he captured the Illinois Derby. Uh, then he was purchased privately by Prince Ahmed bin Salman of the Thoroughbred Corporation and uh, turned right around. Three weeks later, War Emblem captured the 128th running in the Kentucky Derby. And, uh, and then uh, following a win in the Preakness, he became a serious contender to capture the Triple Crown, but he stumbled badly at the start, and who won that one? Longshot Sarava, and guess what? War Emblem is going to be living next door to Sarava, who is also retired at Old Friends. Again, if you're ever in the Georgetown, Kentucky area, just north of Lexington, stop by. Michael Blowen does a fantastic job, uh, and uh, you'll get to see some great ones there. So now two Kentucky Derby winners will be there in Silver Charm and War Emblem. Um, we're losing another three-year-old, at least for the season, Ten Sender, who was runner-up in the Wood and the Ohio Derby, will be sidelined indefinitely as a result of a fracture on the left front inside sesamoid. Trader George Weaver says that uh, he will bring him back if possible. Uh, Pensender in the woods, stalked an early pace, went three wide, lost by two lengths. But in that Ohio Derby, man, what a great finish that was. Uh, tried to pass the eventual winner down the lane, Mr. Z, came up a nose short. Well, they will be moving upstate, but before they did, closed out the Belmont titles. Javier Castellano, who last year shared the title with Irad Ortiz, rode 56 winners at the meet, which ended July 19th. Ortiz was in second. Uh, Pletcher lost a nose decision last year, and this year he finished well clear of Chad Brown, who checked in at second with 33 wins. Uh, Pletcher had 43. So uh, we'll be looking for those red-hot guys up at Saratoga. So uh, the the Pharaoh, of course, uh, he's going to be uh, running in the Haskell War Story uh, as a new trainer. And Jeff Radosevich, he's uh, very familiar friends with Ron Paolucci, both of them from the Cleveland area. Radosevich, uh, numerous times, has been the leading trainer up there. So uh, War Story, who finished unplaced in the Ohio Derby, uh, will be going down to try to tackle the big boy down in New Jersey. Uh, the Haskell, of course, will be televised live on NBC from 5 to 6 on that day, and it is a win and you're in. Uh, it's some interesting news here. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but uh, it looks like if Take Charge Brandy, who was the champion juvenile filly of 2014, uh, does well in her comeback against three-year-old fillies in the test stakes, there's a chance that she may take on the boys in the Travers. That will be very, very interesting. She was out... Um, she, of the Rebel uh, with a chip, but they say she's doing real big. That time off gave her a chance to be bigger and stronger, and the layup has done her a lot of good. So take charge, Brandy. The champ is back. She beats the girls. She's going to take on the boys. Okay, I'm going to take a look at some of uh, last week's uh, uh, results, but before we do that, I want to remind you, before we get to the races at Saratoga with Tom Law, really good race 
uh, Saturday out at Del Mar in the San Diego Handicap, a grade two. It's drawn three millionaires, and of course, one of those is a multimillionaire, Bayern, who's won $4.3 million, uh, returns to the West Coast after failed attempts at Churchill and Belmont, but he's going to be joined by stablemate Hopportunity, who's won $1.2 million, and Sahara Sky, who just does nothing but run against grade one and grade two horses, who's won 1.1. So uh, don't forget the San Diego Handicap will be contested Pacific Time 540 out at Del Mar on Saturday. Again, we'll be covering the top races at Saratoga with Tom Law. All right, let's take a quick look at the races that we handicapped last week, starting with the Delaware Handicap. And it was a reversal of the Fleur de Lis where sheer drama ran down Frivolous. Frivolous, of course, won the Fleur de Lis. So they changed spots at the top. In the third spot was America. Then at Del Mar, it was the Eddie Reed, a grade one. And uh, after a bad start, Gabriel Charles rallied beautifully to get up impressively in the Eddie Reed over 2020 vision and Finnegan's Wake, who's always roaring from behind. Then we took a quick trip over to Indiana where they have two of their biggest races, the Oaks and the Derby. In the Indiana Derby, uh, sad to say, Mr. Z back up to his old tricks, tried to bear out on the turn. Luckily, another horse held him in, but it was a new Billy Mott horse on the scene. Tis Shady got the job done, paid ten eighty. In the second spot was Mr. Z, after bearing out, got straightened away by Joe Bravo. And in the third spot was Divining Rod, who got stuck down on the rail late. And then in the uh, Oaks, uh, the winner was High Dollar Woman, long shot, Went wire to wire, holding off Sweetgrass and Ocean Wave to the favorites. High dollar woman paying a high dollar thirty to forty. All right, that's it for national news. What happened last week? Looking forward to this. Pretty soon, we're going to be talking to Laser Man Steve Burmis. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. 
1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right. Well, a lot of people think the newest superhero on the scene is Ant-Man. I beg to differ. I believe it is Laser Man, Steve Burmes. Uh, looking forward to introducing to him. He's considered one of the leading experts on equine photobiostimulation, sports therapy, and American thoroughbred and standard bred racing. Um, in addition to that, uh, he's an equine therapist certified and trained in many modalities uh, that complement his spe- specialty. He's also a nationally certified licensed massage therapist and photobiostimulation therapist. I could go on and read more about his bio, but that would take up the entire 15-minute spot. Steve Burmes, welcome to Winning Ponies. Hey, thanks for having me. That was a pretty good introduction. <laughs> well, it's all true. I know that. And uh, so let's start out uh, w- w- with your background, because I, from what I understand, what I've read about you, that it just uh, started out a- a- as a kid and your love for hooved animals. Yeah, I've always loved animals, like I always tell people. When I was a kid, all I wanted to do was play with animals. Now I'm 45, I still play with animals. <laughs> so I still, now, it's like I got a barn full of pets. Now, what led you into the field? Because obviously you don't get all the certifications you've got without doing some hard work. It was a long process. It's a long process, and I don't want to really drag it on too long, but basically... I was a human therapist working on animals. I was a horse owner, too. And basically, you're just... I always had a knack of looking at motion and how a, a human or a horse gate a gates. So I started, uh, I started dealing with the laser, and I went out and started working independently on my own, just doing my due diligence and working on different animals and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Because I never wanted to take someone's money to actually work on a horse if I didn't know what I was doing and if it didn't actually work, you know what I mean? Well, it, it obviously worked because uh, your your, uh, your record of, uh, of client success uh, speaks for itself. Let me just tell some of our listeners that uh, you've worked on a world record-breaking uh, two-year-old trotter, uh, man of many missions, uh, the three-year-old pacer who finished with a quarter... Uh, world record 24 seconds. I am Bonacera. Uh, you've had uh, Breeders' Cup horses. Uh, you've had the Breeders' Crown horses on the standard bred side. Uh, names that uh, certainly our audience will recognize would, would be uh, Kentucky Oaks winner uh, Blind Luck uh, and a uh, little old horse by the name of Shared Belief. And we'll get into him later. But uh, when, when you say laser, I guess different people have different images in their mind. Um, just kind of describe the process uh, and the equipment and then go into what effect it has on the body, whether equine or human. Well, the equipment, is, it could come in different shapes and sizes depending on what company you buy from. And it, it heals the body cellularly. So the, photo, the photonic energy is attracted to the chromophores. In the cell, it, it makes the cell less permeable. It causes ATP production, and it starts to heal. The whole body is made up of cells, whether it's bone cell, muscles. Every, every the whole body is made up of cell, cells. So, depending on what 
your body needs, it causes cellular differentiation. So I've made bone growth, epithelialization, where it'll, if let's say there's an open wound, it'll heal it eight times quicker. There's many, many different uh, applications. But the whole thing is, is that when I was working with a lot of the pro athletes, because I was working on the bears and the bulls, I had my own office in Park Ridge, and an owner, the way I got started was an owner came, Peter Abruzzo, brought in John Carver. John Carver owned Blind Luck, the code of phone with Peter Abruzzo. And basically, Carver would fly in on his private plane, and he would tell me, hey, uh, I need you to help me finish my golf turn. And he says, if you can help me do that, then I'll make you a proposition. <laughs> so he not only went to the golf tournament in Vegas, I think he won it. So when he came back, he goes, what do you like better? Do you like horses or do you do like people? Well, at that point, I already had been working so many years on, on horses for free and working on different barns, different trainers, some of the, some of like the lowest class of racehorses, you know what I mean, which I just love animals. So it was a pleasure for me to do. It wasn't like, oh, I'm working on a five claim, or it doesn't matter if it's Dakota phone, blind luck, shared belief, or $5,000 horse. Every horse has its purpose at a different class, you know? So he, he made the, preposi- the proposition, and he told me, if you want to go, I'll give you all my horses. So that's how it started. I started flying out to the West Coast, working on, in Hollendorfer's barn, and then I would fly back to do all the pro athletes. At that time, it was mostly the NFL players for the, for the playoffs. But Peter Abruzzo and John Carver basically gave my start for California. Now, uh, now with that, you're obvious love of the animal. I, I think it was at that point in your life where you kind of had to make a decision that it might be best if if you, if you specialize. And and I correct I, I if I'm wrong, but I, I don't mean to interrupt you. But do you know how many pro athletes were mad at me because I was friends with a lot of them? <laughs> when I started working on the horses, like they were so upset with me, a lot of them wouldn't pick up the phone no more. And it was hard for them to understand that for me to actually help you, I got to be dedicated. And there's no way to do pro athletes and pro horses at the same time. It was just impossible. Well, now impossible. The, the 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 fact that uh, you also um, that you're certified as a as a massage therapist. Um, do you sometimes use that in addition to your laser in, uh, in making these horses uh, comfortable and perform to their peak? Oh, I use, I use a, a bunch of different modalities. See, that was the whole testing process. It was a few, what I do is a fusion of all different modalities depending on what the horse needs. I've been doing this so long that if I'll see a horse walk and 99% of the time, Things jump out at me, like, autistically. Like, you see things in slow motion. And then I'll look at the horse. I already know what I have to do to get that horse to gate properly. And I'm not being cocky or... It's just I've been doing it so long that I already know where I have to start. I know where the the end is going to be and how the horse is going to perform, you know? And other than that, it's, 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 it's experience, you know? A lot of experience. It's like buying a guitar. Anybody could buy a guitar, but not many people could play it at a virtuoso level, you know? 
Well, well, tell me, uh, tell our listeners, uh, Steve Burmis, well, what, is a, what is a day in the life of Laser Man? When does it start, when does it end, and, and what do you do during those hours? Well, let me tell you. You know I work exclusively for Hollendorfer, and I've been out here since 2012. Hollendorfer is one of the hardest-working trainers, Hall of Famer, that you'll ever meet. She sets basically the precedent for everybody. She's there from 3 o'clock in the morning. Him and Dan Ward, the assistant who was with Frankel, they play who's going to get there quicker. So they try <laughs> to beat each other to the barn, and they're there like between 3 and 3.30 every morning, religiously. And then Hollendorfer, you know, he's up north, down south, flying to the sales. He's just a machine. And then you got the other assistant, Chatlos, who's at Los Alamitos, and you know him from Singletary. So you got a, a Hall of Fame, uh, an all-star group of t- uh, trainers and assistants, and they're all doing the same hours and working like like crazy, you know? So they set the precedent. I'm in the barn 12 hours a day. We like to keep the horses on a, on a maintenance regimen. This is not what people think where they'd say, oh, you're just trying to patch up a horse before. No. You know how the pro athletes say it's better to stay ready than try to get ready? Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the whole philosophy. If you could keep a horse at a certain level and then you address little things as they go, come along. But that's the best, the best way to do it. I live in the barn. That's what I do all day. I live in California. There's sun. There's mountains. I don't see none of that. I'm always in the barn. Well, uh, but to be in the barn, what is it like to be in the barn with a horse as awesome as shared belief? <laughs> shared belief. See, you just said it, and I get a smile on my face. That I, I don't know. I, I could probably... If God allows me to work on horses for another 40 years, I don't think we'll ever see another horse like that. I've never been around a horse like that. It, he, he makes you want to get up and do what you do, believe me. He, he could be kind at one moment, and he could be a killer at the next moment. That's why me and Armando, we've nicknamed him the Black Terror. <laughs> he's, he's, I could tell you stories for days with him. He... He's, he's hilarious to be around. He's a killer in the stall. Maintenance with him, anything that would take normal, like five minutes to do on a regular horse, takes 30 minutes to an hour to do with him because you have to work at his pace and what he wants. The horse is maybe one of the smartest horses I've, been around, I've ever been around. All the tactics that he does on the way to school, he doesn't raise a hair. He doesn't sweat. He doesn't get nervous. That's all a show. The horse is a bully, and he's one of the most incredible horses I've ever been around. It's a, it's a crazy feeling to walk to a race. You're walking a horse to a race, and you know that most likely you're going to have a W. <laughs> well, what uh, I, I know that uh, you, since the race at Charlestown, uh, he's been given rest. Uh, what, what can you tell us about uh, his potential comeback? Well, from what Mr. Hollendorfer says, and because I haven't seen the horse, he's up in Redmond at Pegasus, which is a really good place. He's right on schedule, but I don't think they're going to rush him. There's no point to really rush him. And, you know, the owner, Jim Rome and Solis and the whole group, they're 
they're pretty much on the same page. So everybody just wants to do what's right for the horse. But his, the doctor said that he should come back 100%. And that's pretty scary for everybody else's horse. <laughs> it, it sure is. Well, it, it, it must it must be a, a real a blessing to be around him. And I'm sure uh, if I... If I talk to Jerry Hollendorfer again, he's been on the show, he'd probably tell me it's a blessing to work around you or he wouldn't be entrusting all the fantastic horses he has in his stable with uh, Steve Vermis. And, uh, Steve, I just want to thank you so much for, you know, informing us on uh, what Laser Man does and uh, giving us a peek into uh, not only your science but uh, a day in the life uh, with you and the the whole uh, group with uh, Hollendorfer. Yeah, we got to do it again. And you know what? Real quick, thanks for having me. And I, and I saw you on uh, on your Twitter feed, and you're getting some winners. I don't bet, but I think I'm going to start with you. <laughs> All right, thanks a million. Well, that's Steve Burmis, Laser Man, who works with Hall of Famer. Jerry Hollendorfer, and coming up, one of my favorite people who's in one of my favorite places, Tom Law from Saratoga, will be joining us on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me again, no stranger to Winning Ponies, Tom Law, who uh, has been president, vice president of the National Turf Writers. Uh, he's the longtime managing editor for the Thoroughbred Times. Uh, he's an Eclipse Award winner, uh, a winner of the Red Smith Award, and uh, he uh, operates the uh, popular website, thisishorseracing.com. But he kind of also wears another big hat when things happen at the spa, and that is that he produces the Saratoga special and i've been dying to say this that he makes the saratoga special and tommy makes them with the clancy brothers get it tommy make them with the clancy brothers 
I get it. I get it. That's good, All right. Man. I used to have to listen to that album a couple times a night at uh, at my aunt's house, uh, the the uh, the O'Brislins. So uh, t- they were b- b- big fans of the Irishman. But anyhow, you work with two guys that we've had on Winning Ponies. Tom Law, how are you doing? I know I'm probably taking you away from your work. You know, ironically, uh, I'm doing great, by the way. Thank you for asking. Uh, ironically, uh, I am... I'm standing outside here in Saratoga. It's a beautiful night. We're actually in, uh, we got the first issue uh, in really great shape. We're making the PDFs right now. We're getting ready to load it up on the thisishorseracing.com. So if people want to get a, uh advanced look at uh, the Saratoga special, issue number one, 2015, uh, probably get on This Is Horse Racing in about an hour, and it'll be up there, ready to go. I was going to say, I, I was up on it about a half an hour ago, and uh, I, I kind of want to ask you, since uh, you, you know you do pull double duty, um, how will you be kind of segueing um, the Saratoga Special and This Is Horse Racing? Will you kind of be doing that on a daily basis? I'm sure that a lot of your stories will become spa-oriented for the next couple of weeks. That's right. I mean, pretty much everything uh, at This Is Horse Racing uh, becomes uh, content directly from the pages of the Saratoga Special. We'll probably have a, a preview up of the meet uh, here in a little bit. Uh, obviously, a link to, like I said, to our digital edition. We'll have some other useful stories uh, about some new new faces uh, in town for the races, trainers and jockeys. Also, a little story about uh, some new places, some new uh, Saratoga hotspots that seem to change uh, uh, every year with uh, people that come to town for the races that, and are interested in the races. And... Um, uh, a lot of, like you said, yes, a lot of the content on This Is Horse Racing comes directly from the pages of the Saratoga Special every summer. So this is uh, this is our 15th uh, season printing the Saratoga Special. So I'm, the Clan- it's the Clancy's 15th season. It's my third, but uh, we as a team, we're, we're pretty excited about it. Well, as a kid that grew up in Saratoga, you probably feel like you're, you're a part of the special anyhow. And, of course, you guys uh, also produce the Steeplechase Times, and uh, Saratoga, by t- tradition, uh, still does have the Steeplechase races, correct? Absolutely. Wednesdays and Thursdays every week there's uh, jump racing. So it's going to be uh, race number one at, uh, at 1 o'clock uh, this year. So last year they sort of relegated the, the jump races to starting at like 1225 or 1230. Uh, sort of like has like a lead into the normal card, but this year they're they're putting it back in with the the normal part of the card, which is is great for jump racing. And there's going to be some some pretty good jump horses that are going to run at the meet, uh, demonstrative and and other horses like that. He won the Clips Award last year, so uh, you know it's it's very much a part of the fabric of Saratoga. It's very uh, you know it's, there's a lot of history here in Saratoga, and, there's a, and a lot of it uh, is tied to jump racing. Well, I remember as a kid, if memory serves me well, and I don't have much of one anymore, is that uh, basically I would go up there, and, and if Jonathan Shepard or somebody named Smithwick had a horse in the race, that was my bet. Yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty safe bet now. I mean, Jonathan Shepard's still going strong, and um, uh, now you kind of can go Jonathan Shepard or Jack Fisher, uh, who's a tr- another trainer, a very successful, the leading leading steeplechase trainer right now, and uh, and you can't go wrong. So. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, we're gearing up. Like I said, it's it's Wednesday, and let's get rolling. Well, I and, and I want to get to the handicap, and we got some great races. But before I do, I also noted that you've kind of expanded your staff at the special this year. We um we've we've actually at you know every year it's kind of a, a seasonal 
uh, group of characters that we have. It's, it's, it's Joe, Sean, Clancy, and myself uh, the, the whole year long. And like you said, we do some of those other publications. We also do uh, Mid-Atlantic Thoroughbred in the Mid-Atlantic region. That's a monthly uh, trade magazine. Um, but we kind of get together with a group of uh, uh, college students sometimes, uh, sometimes recent college graduates or either looking to get into racing or looking to get into journalism or uh, just looking for a little experience doing uh, doing a little of this and a little of that. Some, some of them do ad sales and some of them do writing. We got uh, I got a core of, uh, of three kind of full-time uh, college-aged uh, interns. Uh, two, two guys are from... Um, the Albany area, one guy went to Siena College, another guy went, uh, goes to, uh, went to the University of Albany. And, uh, the third one is, uh, is a girl on my staff, a woman named Anise. And, uh, she has come to us, uh, all the way from, get this, Fargo, North Dakota to do hey. an internship at the Saratoga Special. <laughs> well, I'm sure it'll be culture shock for her, but it's going to be a culture that she's absolutely going to love. That I, that I can guarantee. And, uh, you know, there's certain places that have special meaning to me in my heart. And, uh, of course, number one is Saratoga. I love what I call the new Kentucky Downs because it doesn't have as much history. And, and of course, Keeneland. Uh, all those uh, within driving range for me. But uh, uh, Saratoga, as I tell everybody during this call that I make to you each year, that if you have not been there, you have to go. You cannot explain it. You can't even see it in Barbara Livingston's gorgeous photos. Uh, You you have to experience how uh, drenched the entire city and the atmosphere is up there when, when the horses come to town. Absolutely. I mean, it's like you said, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the town really gets into it. You know, Saratoga, I live here year round and I see it uh, sort of building to a crescendo and obviously it's going to build to a, a huge crescendo tomorrow with opening day. Uh, but you know, people are around town. People are, are, are really geeked up for it. You know, everybody's been talking about it. Uh, people are sitting on their front porches, reading the farm and handicapping it. You know, you go to bars, you go to restaurants, people are talking about the races. They want to know who's going to run, who's the hot jockeys, who's the hot trainers. Um, yeah, I mean, it is an experience like no other. And, you know, not only is the atmosphere great, but the racing is great. And that's really, you know, I wrote a little story today that basically, yeah, the atmosphere is great. And, yeah, the New York Racing Association is trying to do this and trying to do that for the for the customer. And they're trying to do that. But, but really, the name of our game is horse racing. And the horses are this are the stars here and you know 69 stakes races for you know millions of dollars uh so it goes without saying that you know the racing is you know the it's the best racing that we have in the country uh day to day you know meet to meet um you know no disrespect uh to my friends at keeneland and you know i I think i think a day at the races at keeneland is, is as special as as anything i i'd put it right up there with uh with the day at the races at saratoga and, and a day at del mar too i've been been fortunate to to go to the races there too and they, they're each special in their own way but uh the action that's on the racetrack you know is uh is is really second to none like i said in the united states maybe even the world well and 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 with that said i want to get on to some of our racing and to dovetail what you just said yeah it brings the best horses together and that makes for one hell hard day of handicapping because uh you know first of all 
we know that if you find a horse that's a huge favorite, that you're nicknamed the graveyard of favorites. And uh, we'll start out uh, with a Schuylerville that's launched many a good two-year-old filly. It's a six-furlong dash. Now, don't forget, the first two races that Tom Law and I are going to do are, are tomorrow, and the second two will be Saturday, all of them graded. Um, the the, the Schuylerville has just brought together some unlimited talent, shall I say, because we don't know where some of these fillies are, are going to go. Now, uh, one guy that I just love is, is Wesley Ward and his ability to uh, find and create uh, sensational horses as two-year-olds. And he has not one but two in here. He has Moment of Right, uh, who won the Astoria, and there's three horses that are coming out of that race. And then he has Banry on the outside, who made two lifetime starts. But what some people might miss in their handicapping, even though it ran fifth in the, the Tremont, is that this filly has never started against the girls before, and she is working lights out. Absolutely. They actually, I, I spent some time yesterday with uh, Wesley, and, and like you said, I mean, I think he just, he does a phenomenal job picking race, racing prospects. You know, he's a former Eclipse Award-winning apprentice jockey. He breeds horses. He owns horses. He has a farm in Florida. He faces a lot of the operation at, right there at Keeneland. does a great job. And actually, these two fillies, they work, to, they work together. So you look at their work tabs. Their work tabs are the same. They train together. And uh, Wesley, you know, was having, said he was having a hard time prior to those races that they both ran at Belmont separating the two he felt like bannery was probably a little bit better than uh moment is right so that's why he went ahead and entered her in the in the tremont against the against the boys uh she had a, just a terrible uh start which is kind of rare for wesley ward horses they're always really fast from the gate so uh you know he was willing to throw that race out now he said they got three works three works since there at keeneland and uh he, i asked him i said well who's uh you know who, who are you leaning towards now if you were leaning towards bannery before are you leaning towards either one before? And he says, now he's having a hard time uh, deciphering the two. So I think, you know, he hasn't lost any faith at all, obviously, in Bannery. And like you said, she's a, she's a filly that beat the boys in her very first start. So, uh, you know, uh, I just I kind of just gave you my whole preview that I just uh, wrote yesterday about the Schuylerville. So, uh, <laughs> um, well... Bill, but with that said, certainly there's there's others that 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 we can't pass over. Absolutely, uh, the the odds-on favorite uh, in the Astoria was decked out. Of course, uh, Keith DeSormo and Kent DeSormo uh, teamed up with Texas Red to win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile last year. So you know they're a dangerous duo. Uh, she's going to break up from the one hole. And they liked her enough that after her first start at Santa Anita, they brought her over to Belmont for that race. And again, went off odds on uh, three wide, chased the winner. You can't leave decked out out. And I don't think you can leave out any horse of Pletcher's. And positively, Royal uh, was impressive in its debut, again, as odds on favorite. And looks like uh, she's working lights out. Best of 46 at Saratoga on the 17th. And you know among those 46, there were some nice horses. Absolutely. I mean, that's, uh, that was a Saturday. Uh, or uh, That was uh, the, the 17th. I guess maybe it was the 17th was Saturday. So it's uh, the 18th. I mean, so good horses, weekend horses that are breezing that day, like you said. And uh, Todd was really high on her. He said his, the, horse, the filly was with his father uh, in training down in Ocala and, and got ready down there with Jake. And uh, he said his father was, you know, really high on her right from the get-go. And, um, you know, Todd's been really happy with her. She's been up here all spring. He, he sends a lot of his 
uh, two-year-old that he's, uh, you know, in training that he has uh, to his string up here in the quote-unquote off-season here at Saratoga, and she was one of them. There's, there's several several others that are running on opening weekend that uh, that he has as well. And um, actually, we just kind of, not to change the subject totally, but in the, in the, our very first issue of the Saratoga Special, we actually have a, a new feature that's called uh, phasing tip and stable tour. And what we do is we, we stop in at a trainer and we talk to him. We, we walk down the shed row and we start looking at all the horses and we get the trainers to talk about their horses. And, you know, I, I told the guys I work with and they agreed with me. I basically said, and Todd, Todd Pletcher agreed with me too. I said, we can't really start this feature without doing issue number one with you. Obviously you're at a seven, you know, five time in a row defending leading trainer at Saratoga. You won 11 training titles here. You know, we got to start with you. So he talked about a lot of his two-year-olds that he has up here in Saratoga, including uh, Positively Royal, who I do think will be tough in here. But uh, I, pick, I picked uh, Moment is Right, uh, Wesley Ward's horse. She's two for two. I'm, uh, you know, I'm inclined to, to go with uh, uh, undefeated type horses. She hasn't done anything wrong. She's got speed. Joel Rosario stayed, stayed on her. He probably could have maybe had another mount or two in here. So uh, that's, that's who I picked in the Schuylerville. Okay, well, we got that again. We're talking with Tom Law right now from the Saratoga Special, but he does wear a lot of hats. Let's move on to another tough race. Uh, this, again, will be the 10th race tomorrow, folks, opening day, Christmas in July. And uh, the uh, Diana Stakes, grade one, half a million. I've got tough race written down here. Both Chad Brown and Bill Mott have uh, two legitimate contenders in here. Uh, they're, they're hard to separate, and there's another horse in here that's hard not to like. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the Diana, like you said, is uh, it's Saturday. Um, it goes as race 10. It's the, the first grade one of the meet. Um, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I mixed it up at the Lake George. Okay, good. But thanks for correcting me. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. Um, you, you, you talked about, I think, you know, obviously Chad and, and Todd are always uh, always a force, and I think Stephanie's kitten, you know, her her record speaks for itself. You know, she's earned more than $2.7 million. She's a multiple grade one winner. Um, you know, and, and Bill, my, my Miss Sophia, her race uh, leading up to the Belmont Stakes, it was the day before the Belmont Stakes, was man, just a bang-up race in her turf debut. I really liked it. Um, I, I, I would like to maybe see her in a little bit of a softer spot, but at the same time, she's a heck of a talented filly. I mean, she's a, you know, she's a grade two winner on the dirt, second in the Kentucky Oaks, you know, grade one. She's really, really good. I think, but I think the horse, the horse to beat in here, I think, is the number one, Teppin, which is Mark Cassie's filly. And, and, and I say that because I, I just think Stephanie's kitten probably has the most class in the race, but her class is more back class. I think Teppin, her class is more current. I think the just a game was a very, very strong race. Uh, at Belmont, Salimbi was in there, uh, Coffee Click was in there, Discreet Mark was in there. I mean, you're talking about solid grade one type horses, and she just, she, she, her race was so professional, and she ran so well in there. Um, I think she's kind of mid-pack type horse, kind of sits the trip a little bit. I do think there's there's plenty of speed in here. Kitten's Queen's obviously been entered as a rabbit for Stephanie's Kitten, uh, but, you know, I think my Miss Sophia has plenty of early lick too. So she'll probably be, uh, engaging for the lead as well. So, uh, like I said, I, I like Teppin, um, Mark Cassie, you know, he needs no introduction. He's a multiple sovereign award winning trainer. He's got a big string of horses here. Uh, he's been at Saratoga with a string before, but he's back this year with, uh, 
a lot of good ones, including a, a few on opening day and, and a few more on Saturday. Yeah, I have to uh, kind of co-sign what you say here because uh, Teppen right now, she's a four-year-old filly, and she seems to be a now horse. It's like uh, the alarm went off in 2015, and she is on her game. Of course, all kinds of respect for Mark Cassie. And Stephanie's kissing. Kitten, let, let's face it, Tom, she's a six-year-old mare now, you know. That's and right. Like yeah. you said, she got back class uh, as a five-year-old. She just missed by a neck in this race last year, so we know she can certainly handle the grass up there. She's won over a quarter million dollars on it. But, uh, again, uh, big difference between the grade one just a game and the grade three Hillsborough at Tampa. And uh, this might be uh, – Stephanie's getting May – just get a little bit overbet, and it might make an opportunity for for a horse like Teppet, no doubt about it. And like yeah, yeah, I like so. said, my my Miss Sophia, she's a four year old. I think she's got plenty ahead of her, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. She's she's a heck of a nice filly, and and you know, of course, Bill Mott. I mean, he's the best. I think you know. I mean, it's when when it doesn't seem like when there's a move. I think in a race when you're handicapping, this isn't really a conventional angle or anything, but. When it doesn't seem like a normal move for Bill Mott, that's usually uh, a sign that you know he, he's either really, really bullish or the horse is going in the right direction. And usually both of those things. Uh, you know, for for him to to step her up and run her in there, I mean, she they probably could have found maybe another spot for her, but uh, you know, he like I said, he's he's probably very bullish on her. I'm I'm, looking, I'm going out to see him tomorrow, so hopefully I'll uh, get the scoop and that'll be in the paper. All right. Well, uh, definitely we will read the Saratoga special. Let's just stay on Saturday because right now this race, the Sanford Stakes, it's a grade three right now, 150,000, has a very special place in my heart. And the reason, Tom, is this. I stood there paddock side 19 years ago as a young rider for the first time took a leg over a horse by the name of Affirmed. And that young rider was Steve Cawthon. Uh, you can go back and check. It was his first ride aboard Affirmed, and he won the Sanford Stakes. Of course, Affirmed, the last Triple Crown winner to come out of the Sanford. So I, I, I don't have to say much more to attest to the quality of the race and some of the great horses that have come out of it. And I, I still have some great photos of Stephen Affirmed from that day, so it is a very special day. Again, you talked about the... the talent-laden quality of the fields at Saratoga, and I'm looking at this, and I'll I'll tell you what, Tom, I'm having such a hard time uh, because there's so much potential. Let me just real quick run down the the, the dimensions from the Daily Racing Forum as as far as the running line. Gamely, bumped, bothered early, determinately, repelled at the quarter, cleared, repelled bid, cleared, awkward break, off slow, uh, gamely, bottled up, Split foes, bumped at the start, weakened. So you've got you've got horses that put in absolutely sensational performances, and then you've got horses that may well have a legitimate excuse. Kind of hard to separate, but I want to hear who Tom Law likes in here. Man, this is a this is a puzzler. Uh, like you said, I mean the the, the races are, are tough to handicap. Uh, <laughs> this one's as hard as any race uh, I've seen in a while, and it's not just because there's. They're two-year-olds, and they haven't really run much. But like you said, I think there's some, some very good ones in here. Uh, I saw Cockton Loaded win the race at Belmont, the Tremont. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Tremont earlier when we were talking about the Phillies. He ran really, really well for Larry Ravelli, who's a guy that does great uh, there in, in Arlington, and I think he, he should be respected when he shifts horses 
to the to the East Coast for sure. He, he brought some horses here last year. I don't think he won a race up here at Saratoga, but his horses, all his horses, ran really, really well. He's uh, he's a you know top top flight conditioner, and you look at his percentage. He's batting almost thirty percent for the year. He might, maybe he's going to be a little bit over bat just because he's two for two. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I think Todd uh, Pletcher, who I talked to yesterday uh, about Uncle Vinny, um, Uncle Mo, of course, is his sire. He's uh, first crop our our runners this year, and Uncle Mo's horses are running well. Uncle Vinny was one of them. Uh, he's one of those horses that you know Todd hasn't had up here all spring. He's had him up here since July. Ran a really really nice debut, and then just a messy start. In, in the Tremont, like uh, like uh, Wesley Wartsville, uh, that's running in the Schuylerville. It was just kind of a messy start, a messy run into the first turn, and he he's pretty bullish from him from there. Post-11, you know, hopefully stay out a little bit of the trouble. You know, and then you got, like, I think guys like Brett Calhoun and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Steve Asmussen got horses in here, the six, uh, he's coming in hot for Brett, and uh, seven is Payne's Pride, who, who ran a, uh, a banning up race in the Tremont when he was still a maiden came back and won professionally like he was supposed to, even though he had that uh, awkward awkward break and then was a little bit wide going five furlongs there at Belmont. But, uh, you know, he's coming in hot, just daylight win in the Basher Manor at the the end of the Churchill meet. You know, you can make a case for a lot of them. You know, I hate to be uh, to be kind of wishy-washy. Um, well, no, you know, I like the rider switch. Not, nothing against Jamie Terrio, but uh, you go to Rosario and he's coming in hot, I think could be tough. You know, Brett, Brett always does good with his, his two-year-olds up here as well. So I'm looking at him a little bit. Well, again, I, I'd, I'd have a hard time separating the, the, the horses you just mentioned. And uh, obviously the odds maker at Saratoga did because almost every one of these horses is, is sitting at about three to one, <laughs> which is uh, cocked and loaded odds. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see which way the, the betters go. But again, uh, at Saratoga, you just don't know. The other horses that we haven't mentioned, and I won't go into detail, all have great connections uh, or have put in a winning performance or had an excuse out of their last race. But I think you hit on the Ford to watch. Uh, he's coming in hot. Uh, Payne's Prairie, Asmussen trainee, uh, cocked and loaded, and Uncle Vinny, I think you just, if you put a line through the Tremont, you know, this horse won at just about 1-9 to nine in its debut, so obviously the barn was betting that day, and they knew that Todd had a hot horse, so uh, it, it's the Sanford, and as we know, it can launch a, a very, very good horse, so... Uh, We'll, we'll be watching that on Saturday. Now, let me rewind since I got my paperwork mixed up, and we'll go uh, again to a race t- tomorrow. Only got about three minutes here, Tom, and all I'm doing is giving you another tough race. But it seems to me if there is a, uh, a filly, and this race is for three-year-olds, that's got a bullet on her back and deservedly sold, it's feathered. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's a filly that's been a little bit unlucky in, in grade one races. Uh, you know, she ran a uh, a, a good race uh, out in, out at Santa Anita in the American Oaks. Uh, you know, finishing a, ga- a game second. That was you know her fourth time running in Grade One company and, and hasn't really broken through. But she's a filly that I think they were always thinking uh, grass with her being out of a diner former mare. She's she's sort of let the the light switch went off and you know the light came on uh, since they put her on the turf there on uh, Oaks Day in the Edgewood. Uh, so she could be pretty good. You know, I think uh, Chad's horse on the outside, partisan politics, uh, bad post, I think. Post 12 is, is tough going a mile of 16th at Saratoga. Uh, but she ran a, a really 
strong prep race behind uh, Celestine, who's a, a Bill Montfilly that's uh, four for four or four for five on the grass. Um, I spent a little time this morning with Chad and with uh, Javier Castellano, and you know they they like her. They said their big concern, obviously, is that outside post. But you, know, you look at two of her losses are to Lady Eli. She won a right. state superior last year. You know, she, she could be okay if she's a good price. I mean, but like again, like I said, she's going to be coming from way out there. And I, I think she's looking for that mid-pack kind of covered-up trip. So, you know, this is a this is a really hard race, I think. You know, I mean, I, I, you say that about every race. But, you know, 12, 12 three-year-old fillies, I think Graham Motion's uh, one of his horses has entered in a race at Monmouth, and she may go in there. Um, so then you may have a, small, a little bit smaller field. But, uh, you know, if this race stays together with all these horses, you know, and you're alive in the pick six or pick fours into this race. You know, good luck. <laughs> it's another tough one. This is harder than the Sanford, I think. Well, down the stretch we come. Uh, there's going to be a new voice at Saratoga this year. Uh, that will be a little bit different. I'm sure uh, you, you'll probably uh, bump into Durkin uh, walking around the uh, the picnic area there, kind of taking it in uh, from, from a whole different perspective. Uh, all I can say, Tom, is I'm jealous. I wish you nothing but the best, and I want our listeners to know that they can get the inside skinny from an award-winning group uh, by going not only to thisishorseracing.com, but to checking in with the Saratoga Special. Absolutely. You can get the paper uh, all over town, and uh, like I said, you can get the digital download of it uh, every day, usually the night before the races. So uh, study up and and study early. So I appreciate the time, John, and it's uh, it's always great to be on with you. Uh, it's great to hear from Tom Law. I also want to thank Steve Burmis, and I want to wish all of you a boatload of luck over the Christmas in July, the opening of Saratoga. Don't forget, pull down your easy wind forms on winning ponies. Looking over our manicured turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.